the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. No eyes, On the website. You just click on the left-hand side. It says Listen Live, and that way you can listen. It's crystal clear. You can listen to the radio show. If you also drop down a little bit, you'll see what they call the dashboard. And that way, if you go to the website, if you want to uh, get a hold of me, if you want to listen to some past um, radio segments that we've had, you can also, uh, on the page, I mean, we post so much uh original content original stories it's a happening and you can also visit the shop whatever it is that you want to do but uh i strongly encourage you to visit the website dipetro.com so it's wednesday already i mean the nice thing of having a three-day weekend is then the next week is somewhat short and we have some um some big news on this wednesday first uh eric adams is the declared winner in the primary for new york city mayor now uh, this was tough. This was bizarre form of voting that they do. Um, this should have been decided. I, I'm actually against the way they do this with the, the runoff. But he is the former police officer. He was the um, borough president, Eric Adams of, of Brooklyn. And he's a man of color. He has said that he will carry a gun if elected mayor. Now he will face off against someone that I actually know, which is uh, the Republican candidate, Curtis Sliwa who's the uh, leader and founder of the Guardian Angels in New York. So interesting race. Now, Eric's, um, excuse me, um, Curtis Lee, well, he needed, he needed the progressive to win. His best shot was the progressive to win. Uh, the Maya Wiley, who was backed by AOC and others, the progressive candidate who wanted to defund the police. Uh, what's so significant about this election is Eric Adams, who apparently did win the Democrat primary, so now he'll face off against Curtis Sliwa in in November. One of them will be the, the next mayor of New York City. But what's so significant is he would not back down off of his stand on crime, meaning this man Eric Adams that won. So crime really became the number one issue for New York City. And that really stems from uh, last last summer, as we all watched all the unrest, uh, all the, the, the rioting that goes on, all the the Black Lives Matter, the violent protests, they've let crime spiral out of control. And it's the progressives with their defund the police message and some of their actions of them and their supporters that basically led to crime being the focal point issue. If you take away uh, when Bill de Blasio, who's the current mayor, who I think is a terrible mayor, who's done more to drive people out of the city than bring them in. But when he ran and won for mayor, crime was not the you know preeminent wasn't the 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 dominant issue in in the race it's become that now so it's only fitting because of the talk of defund the police and a lot of the progressive policies crime has become you know the the focal point as far as the race and restoring the city and so their own actions their own groups they basically have decided uh what issue is going to decide who's going to be the next mayor of new york now, another story came out yesterday, and that has to do with President Biden calling for door-to-door -door vaccine push. Experts say more is needed. Some experts worry the administration is not being tough enough waging what President Biden calls a wartime effort to vaccinate the U.S. They wanted to go door-to-door -to, -door to get people vaccinated. Folks, I, I am going to disagree with this because, listen, it's available. For different reasons, there are people that don't want to get it. Now, if there are people who are deniers of it, then they're not looking at the numbers. Since the vaccine came in, the number of COVID deaths have, I mean, fallen off the map. That has kind of brought us back. Now, if you're out and about many times, you can almost kind of forget. I mean, it's still off because of, and you still see people with masks on, which again, if they want to wear them, I, I don't care. If if there's someone listening right now to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 .9 FM, if you're listening right now, and you do not want to get the vaccine that is that is your decision um they can't start to regulate there are people that decide and i've talked about this but there are people that smoke they'll tell you smoking is bad for you causes cancer people want to smoke people want to eat unhealthy people want to be obese 
Uh, people want to drive on a motorcycle without a helmet. People want to do dangerous things, things that people also just do things that are not uh, healthy for them or good for them. Now, I, I recognize this is a little bit different because the, the whole nature of the virus that a lot of people never fully understood is the overwhelming of the hospitals. So the overwhelming of the hospitals. And then if you have all these COVID patients in there, um, then when you have someone that has a heart attack or a stroke, then there's, there's no beds, there's, there's no way to treat them. So that's what it's always been about. But at this point, if you're one of those people that say, I don't want to get the vaccine, even though, keep in mind, I, I don't think anyone has died who has received the vaccine. The vaccine works. It is, uh, it is a miracle that they were able to come up with it and come up with it so quickly. Um, but if there are people that don't, whatever reason, don't want to get it, you're not going to get any argument from me. I don't think they should be going door to door. I think they should make sure it's available. I think they should make sure that people can get testing and they are going to continue. You can even just drive up and, and get the vaccine. So I think all of that is positive in making sure that it is available for those who want it. it I think it's going to spike up this fall uh, as people spend more time inside. It's all about the indoors. As people spend more time inside, you're going to see the numbers start to spike up. And we, we, we've learned a lot since just one year ago. And especially when you think about it now, and I've said this in the past, but it made no sense when they were closing the parks and the beaches. They needed more people outside. This whole business of everyone has to stay at home. They, they should have said, you know, everyone, you need to spend more time outside. The virus doesn't live outside. So it dissipates into the wind. It dissipates. So the, and how about the fact that the beaches and closing beaches, uh, you think of a year ago, Governor Mundo, they were reducing the number of people at the beaches, which is ludicrous because it was actually probably one of the safest places you can be because of the sun is good. And then the ocean wind uh, by the ocean, it just dissipates the virus. So it really can't catch. I had a friend that said, I think the beach must be very dangerous because then the virus is blowing all over the place. It's really the opposite. It, 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 it can't catch in the in the wind. So is it when you're at the beach, it's actually not blowing the virus all over. It's it's dissipating into the air. The beach, is, the beach where there tends to be a breeze, especially down by the water, really would be one of the safer places that you can be. So we've learned a lot about it. But I just and, – and, and look at how, you know, different people have taken advantage and have open spaces. A lot of restaurants now offer uh, outside dining. I mean, there have been some – some things that we have learned from this but this business of now they want to start going door to door you you can't force people to get the vaccine this thing will heat up again in the fall with the whole back to school and how they want to insist kids when wear masks i am ambivalent about children wearing masks in school and i'll tell you why because kids do carry a lot of germs kids do carry a lot of germs some of those things purell uh, having them distanced. If there's somebody sitting there coughing and sneezing in school, you put a mask on them, it's going to reduce a lot of those particles from going in the air. There's a lot of germs in the classroom. So anything you could do to get rid of that or cut down on that, I think is a positive. But again, this is going to be all decisions that certain parents are going to have to make. I'm glad I'm not in a situation I have to make that anymore. Um, but this business, I, I don't believe in this business. Now they're going to start going door to door. It's one thing they want to offer it, but you can't make people get the vaccine. All right, we have a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers 
MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Calvino, call for a free consultation today, 401 401- 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back, call Jack, 401 401- Seven eight five ninety four hundred. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should. But it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online. Fight back calljack.com show show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website petro.com joining me right now he is a columnist with the boston globe focusing primarily on rhode island it's uh dan mcgowan and dan boy i like the headline mayor alorza declares war on governor mckee let the battle begin yes this is the the first, you know, we, we've known who's gonna we've known who's gonna run for governor for a while now, but this is the first time you're actually seeing anyone, I think, take a swing at Governor McKee. Um, and it's over a very kind of in the weeds issue over charter schools in Providence. But the basic gist of it is is that the there's a new charter school that's actually a, a charter school that's already here in Providence, Achievement First. It's by far the kind of highest performing charter school in the, uh, in the state, um, you know, has been very good, wants to open a new elementary school. They're going to open school this fall, at least as planned right now, in a traditional city school. So you'll have a charter school literally kind of right alongside a traditional school. Um, and as you could imagine, the teachers union is very upset about it. And Governor McKee is kind of in this situation where, you know, he, he, this wasn't what his idea was. This is a kind of a predates him coming governor. But, you know, now he's in this situation where he says, I'm against, you know, I'm against this idea. We might have to do it, but I'm against it. And, it, and what, what Mayor Lorza is saying is, wait a minute, this is, you know, the, the number one thing that, that everybody is fearful of, which is that you're going to kind of, uh, take sides with the teachers union that you're going to try to be a people pleaser all things to all people and boy <laughs> Mayor Lorza called me last night not very common that he calls just out of the blue to to really kind of tee off on somebody and he really went hard I mean he says he's the governor McKee is taking his cues from the Providence teachers union Whoa. Um, really says you know he's he says that that he's kind of essentially selling out kids so i mean these are tough accusations especially against a governor who has always been known as the lead kind of charter school supporter absolutely dan and and to their what about uh, i know this came up yesterday i believe with with governor mckee during his yeah, I asked the question. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you take us through that a little bit? How you asked and how he answered it? Yeah. So so the, the, again, the the you know achievement first going into this elementary school in Providence, it's very uh, you know in the weeds. Doesn't necessarily matter so much as the broader issue of whether it should happen or not in, in sort of how it's working. And so what I asked the governor yesterday at his press conference was just flat out, do you support it? You know, state controls the problem 
important for him to weigh in. And basically the way he responded was, hey, this isn't something that I'm in favor of. We might have to do it because there might not be any options. And he kind of pinned it on Mayor Lorza. He said, you know, the mayor's the one that entered into this deal. Now, that is true to some degree. The mayor is the, the signee as the mayor of Providence. Um, he's also on the achievement. He's the chairman of the Achievement First Board. So he is involved in this. The thing is that the mayor is saying, and I think the mayor is right about this, is this was all driven by the State Department of Education, by Commissioner Infante Green. And so, you know, it's one of those situations the mayor in Roadmap today gave a, a silly but but a well, uh, I think, thought out quote, which was he said, you know, th- they've got a hot potato uh, and they're passing it along to me when they're the ones who baked p- the potato. <laughs> Um, and, and that's his take on it. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of finger pointing. I will say in this case, I think the mayor's got a point here. I think the governor, mm. you know, the governor has a situation where even he brought this up in the press conference yesterday. He said, you know, I don't want this to interfere with teachers contract negotiations. I mean, let's be clear the the, the charter school conversation is, it should be completely separate from any right. sort of, you know, teachers contract negotiations, that's the governor, you know, basically saying, I can't let anything interfere with those conversations. And this optically, uh, or politically does interfere with that. So the governor, you know, I think the, the mayor's got a fair point here. I think the challenge is, is that it's hard to argue that Governor McKee, who's always been a very strong charter school supporter, is actually turning his back on, you know, on the issue. It's also you know, the, it's, it's the middle of July now, the beginning of July. I mean, I don't think this is going to become the, you know, the driving issue of the moment, but uh, I think the mayor's, uh, the mayor's got a fair point here and he's been critical for a while now. You know, he keeps, he keeps chipping away at this contract issue and he keeps saying, you know, I, I, we cannot just negotiate a deal that, you know, everybody can sit around and, you know, slap high five about, be happy about, when actual change is needed in the Providence schools. So, you know, the, the, the mayor uh, may be kind of winning on this argument. Not sure he's the best person, though, to uh, to be delivering that message. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, speaking of teacher's contract, any uh, granted, it's early July. Uh, any update on that or any reason to believe that they're going to have some kind of agreement for before school is expected to start again in September? You know, I try to periodically kind of check in on these things. For a while, you know, they were meeting every single week, twice a week. And, you know, sometimes you'd be able to to get information literally almost live as it was happening because that's how far apart people were. You know, you could get on the phone with the the teachers union, you could get on the phone with the commissioner and, and really understand right in real time how ugly things were going it's been much more private but i will say they met for i believe five hours yesterday um and so there there are conversations going the the challenge here is the thing that that john you have said all along which is the teachers union is more than happy to to wait this thing out right oh yeah you you know we'll have the negotiations because legally you kind of have to have those negotiations if you if you suddenly walk away from the table then you can kind of trigger a court um you know a, a, a sort of a legal matter and so they have these conversations and sometimes you hear things are going well sometimes you hear things are going ugly more often they're going ugly um but i i you know i think that that you know, it's hard to read in too much to five hours of conversations because, you know, again, I've there's been days where they've had five hours of of time to be in a room together and they're not even talking. Um, right. And so it's hard to gauge how well things are going. I do think I to credit Governor McKee and in uh, his team, I do think he in some ways was able to kind of calm tensions after the superintendent was pushed out. I think he I think he was effective in doing that. The challenge is, 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 you know, the new issue of the day, right? So, you know, you could be having perfectly fine conversations and, you know, maybe making a little bit of headway, making a little bit of progress. Then, you know, this thing with achievement first pops up and suddenly the teachers kind of are, are ready to go to the mattresses, so to speak, right? It, it, it's another issue to fight, fight, fight. And so it's hard to tell day to day kind of where everyone is. Now you ask, will you get there by the end of the, the or before the start of the school year? I think that's always been Governor McKee's goal. Um, I'm skeptical uh, with, with an asterisk, I suppose, m- m- where, I, where I come in. 
uh, if they do get a deal done, I would be really surprised if it was in any way kind of meaningful, you know, significant change in the school district. Right. I, I, I've always said, I think you can get money and benefits done relatively easily, but it, it, that doesn't actually move the needle. And so, you know, if they, if suddenly August 15th comes around and they say, you know what, we've got a deal, I would say pay real close attention to what's actually in that deal. Yeah. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110-508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, stay with Providence for a moment. You did tweet out yesterday. Uh, boy, it is never dull with some of the members of the city council in uh, in the city of Providence. Yeah, Councilman uh, Carmen Castillo has been there for a while now. She was elected in uh, 2011 uh, in, in a special election uh, represents South Providence. Um, you know, it's moved up. I think she's the majority whip now. So she's, you know, moved up in power to some degree. She's very uh, influential in the hotel workers uh, union in Providence. Uh, she's a high up there. And she was uh, charged with leaving the scene of an accident. I believe the accident was uh, July 4th. And, and she, she actually turned herself in uh, yesterday and, you know, that's a significant thing. It's one of those, it, it's interesting because you wonder, first of all, of course, the question is, why did you leave the scene of an accident? But, yeah. you know, it, it is it is interesting. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see how she is treated both by her colleagues and, you know, by her constituents, because depending on the council member, you know, there there have been calls for resignations and things like that for for far less, um, you know, provable kind of cases. Now, you know, again, this could be a, a sort of a minor, I hate to say minor, but it could be, you know, just a traffic accident where something bad happened and she made a mistake. But uh, it is highly questionable for anyone, let alone an elected official, to leave the scene of an accident. Yeah, it was a hit and run. Um, but it, 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 listen, no one was, it wasn't like a deadly hit that's and run. Right, that's right, that's uh, right. It's the other motorists. I, I think she, I think she kind of, I don't want to say skates on this, but... I don't think it's a career ender in any way. It's no, I don't think. Right. I, I think you're right. I don't think it ends her yeah. career in any way. Notable that uh, she, she, you know, who, who walks her into uh, the police department, but uh, the longtime former buddy CNC chief of staff, Artie Colloin, uh in a yeah. defense attorney who has represented, uh, I feel like half of the council at this point uh, was Luis Aponte's uh, lawyer. When he got in trouble was Kevin Jackson's uh, uh, lawyer. You know, it represents a couple other council members for a couple of other different things, all either criminal or sort of complaint, civil complaint based, um, and is now also the representative here uh, uh, for um, for Carmen Castillo. I think you're right. Nobody was, you know, in any way significantly injured or anything like that. God forbid if it did happen and you left the scene of an accident, you'd be, you know, you'd be getting uh, kind of serious charges. But 
I do still think, I mean, it's a really bad example to set for a council person to leave Absolutely. the scene of an accident. Oh, yeah. Maybe, you know? Yeah, depending on where, it, for certain politicians, it could be a game over, but not yeah. for her. Now, Dan McGowan, you did mention um, you, you attended the governor's press briefing on Tuesday afternoon with Lieutenant Governor Matos. I did not because I wanted to watch the, the rise of the Moors in court. But I'm just curious how you found him. He has signed his first budget, had the big signing ceremony with the, the speaker and the Senate president. Um, you know, coming off the holiday weekend, he was very active with the parades. I'm, I'm curious your impression in, in viewing him uh, yesterday. I think he was, uh, he is getting uh, almost, <laughs> I should say this is uncomfortable for the press because he's getting so comfortable with the press. Uh, yeah. he, he, you know, he, we almost have to uh, really kind of, uh, it's not that I, by no means, I think, certainly I'm not trying to do this or anybody else in the press is deliberately trying to, you know, almost give him the benefit of the doubt, but he, he's got such a kind of cordial and in many ways, friendly um, attitude when he goes out there, he can be a little self-deprecating. He, uh, you know, he'll make a joke if, if he, if he, if it's the right moment to make a joke. And I think he gets a little bit of, um, kind of a, a pass or, or just a little bit of uh, the benefit of the doubt from, from some of the press. He, he, he's in a good place right now. He's feeling, he is. Uh, you know, he's feeling really good. You, you know, you and I have tracked this every week for months now. And, you know, you remember early on when he was still doing the COVID pressers, you know, he was, he, he was a little stiff. He was kind of learning yep. all this. He, I think what he was realizing too it was the old debate problem of, of you remember, people who don't understand, you know, polit- let's say gubernatorial candidates when they when they debate for the first time, they often think they're debating with the room that they're yeah. in. If you're at PPAC, you're talking to the hundred people in the crowd when actually you're talking to, you know, thousands of people at home. And I think early on, he was very uncomfortable. He thought he was only almost didn't realize that all these people were watching him and judging him and all this stuff. Now, same thing is happening, obviously smaller audiences and things like that. But I do think he um, he's gotten very comfortable. I think he I think he he generally is pretty straightforward. He's been smart about when to pick spots to either blame, you know, the last administration or um, kind of make news. I will say I say I feel like I say this every week to you, John, whether you whether you're there or I'm there, you know, depending on the week. There's virtually no information, new information out there uh, to to really discuss. I mean, yesterday was, you know, 10 minutes of uh, I was really happy to walk in the parades and things like that, which is very humanizing, but it has no value to anybody. Uh, And so I'm curious, you know, August 1st, let's say, when everyone just wants to be at the beach, you and I included, and... Um, and suddenly, you know, and he still has to have a, a conversation about, you know, wh- how he feels about the upcoming special session. You know, he's going to have to find ways to make news for this to continue to be relevant. But overall, I think he's done a, I think he's done a pretty good job. He's kind of won over the press. Again, people hear that and they think, oh, my God, you guys are in the bag for him. It's not that. It's just more of he, 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 he answers your questions. He'll, he's cordial, those kind of things. That goes a long way. Um, as opposed to being very combative or in Governor Raimondo's case, I think she wasn't combative. She was just somebody who, um, you know, came across as someone who was smarter than you and who knew, you know, knew more. And her staff was very high minded in that way. Whereas these guys are a lot more, I think, accessible is the way to put it. Very much, Dan. Uh, I agree with your observation. And on top of that, let's face it, down the road, should there be a big bump in the road, he's built you know, he's got some built in right. uh, relationships with the press. He's got definitely some credibility, transparency. Just look at I mean, on Friday. So you have two people that were in front of the press. Mayor Laws of Friday at the at the public safety complex yep. because of the whole melee on sale street. And then, you know, Governor McKee yesterday. Wh- which person would you rather be in holding a press briefing? I, I think you'd rather be Governor McKee in that situation. Yeah, 100%. And, and by the way, it's a great example to compare the two, not just because they're almost certainly going to run against each other, but, you know, big high profile. This is, you know, Mayor Lorza has been in all, he's done this now. He's in his seventh year as mayor. And uh, I've covered him every step of the way. He's always been maybe not combative, but certainly very uncomfortable 
um, when it comes to talking to the press. He doesn't like uh, he doesn't like you, right, coming in and asking a question that he finds, you know, offensive or, or uncomfortable. He doesn't like, I mean, the number of times where he and I have have had it out privately often, you know, in his office because, you know, I'm pushing back against a policy or something that, you know, that he's doing. Um, whereas Dan McKee's a lot more, uh, uh, you know, he, he can almost take it a little better and yes. can kind of turn it around on you a little bit. He can be, you know, if you're, if you're the reporter, it doesn't matter who the reporter in the room is, uh, is, you know, a little aggressive. He can, he'll say, well, you're being a little aggressive today. And then the rest of the room laughs. It makes it uncomfortable for the reporter who maybe is asking that question. Those little tricks really do go a long way. It's just like any other, I mean, we're all human, right? So, so the ability to um, kind of deflect is something that, that governor McKee has done very well. Whereas it, you know, Mayor Lorza used that press conference as a great example last week, right? You know, he, he, he comes in there to essentially say the police, he thinks, did the right thing, did their right, but he can't help himself. And it has to be, you know, I didn't like the, the language that was used. And we're going to really look into that. And, and it's this wishy-washy kind of take of, of I'm, not, I'm not even in this moment going to fully commit to, you know, supporting my police officers. I have to find something to kind of throw a bone to the community. Uh, where, whereas I think Dan McKee can be a lot more um, t- definitive and just more straightforward on things. I, I agree. And I just find Mayor Lose, he he has a tough time answering a question. So where Dean Mc, Governor McKee, to his credit, seems far more, uh, you, you feel he is talking directly to you, the reporter, when you're asking him the I'll question. Give, and I'll, I'll give you a great, they don't rush it out. Go ahead. I'll give you even a great example. Even just yesterday, in the governor's press conference, you know how those things are set up. Reporters sitting kind yeah. of in, in the governor sitting. And uh, I asked the question about the, the charter school. And I was just happened to be sitting in a place where there was a, t- a TV camera person right in front of me. And you can, if you watch it back on television, you see the governor looking for me uh, because he wants to look you in the eye yes. and answer the question. It, it's almost, he, he almost feels like he has to look you in the eye. In fact, I, in that moment, I sort of moved so he could see me because, you know, you want him to just answer the question, but it is, it's true. He wants to kind of build that sort of those personal relationships or just you know feel like a human whereas you you were right you ask a question to mayor lord doesn't matter if it's you me or anybody you know in one of these press conferences he looks out to everybody and and you know answers how he pleases it never feels like he's answering your question folks another quick break a lot more dan mcgowan of the boston globe right here on the john DePietro show this summer let jk engineering keep you and your family nice and cool jkl engineering call them today 401-351-7600 they're licensed in rhode island and massachusetts jkl it's going to be a hot summer ahead call jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available remember with jkl 54 years in business reputation is second to none especially for technical expertise customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a navian certified factory dealer call jkl for a system replacement oil to gas for a heat pump estimates are free financing is available this summer call jkl engineering right now remember they do it right they do it right the first time they'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool call jkl 401-351-7600 remember jkl engineering licensed in rhode island and massachusetts a carrier factory authorized dealer it's jkl call them 401-351-7600 this summer stay nice and cool with jkl engineering 401-351-7600 If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving. 
always provides high quality fair pricing exceptional service residential commercial seal coating patios get your driveway paved letter j j perry paving 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and general masonry projects j perry paving they offer free estimates call them today at 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook it's j perry paving get your driveway paved and if you're a veteran no one has a better package for veterans than j perry paving whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed j perry paving has your back check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing asphalt can be recycled reused call them for a free quote today 401-732-1730 j perry paving license insured contracting company they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small and no one treats veterans better than j perry paving call them today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 for j perry paving we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe and dan the the, uh the globe has had tremendous coverage folks you got to read uh fantastic stories on this bizarre story of the group the rise of moors and also very in-depth interview with our friend brother gary of Pawtucket, who's familiar with the group he has some uh interesting quotes as well i'm curious your thoughts on this this group that the big headline over the weekend was from rhode island traveling to maine that's right and i can tell you from my uh for the private sort of emails and slack channels uh, internally at work everybody wants to know, you know what do you guys know about <laughs> this this group that just came to wakefield and stood on you know uh, uh blocked the highway uh in many ways and um you know, i mean the truth is before saturday i'd never heard of them right just fully fully honest about it and um, I think Amanda Milkovitz, my colleagues, done some really good reporting. You used a good example, uh, you know, talking to, to, to uh, Brother Gary, who I know you know very well, who, who kind of says, look, you've got it all wrong. This, this group is nonviolent and they're, um, you know, they're, they're really actually quite peaceful. And that's certainly what the, the gentleman's family kind of said, you know, in the wake of, of the leader's arrest. But uh, the, the hard part about this is, you know, they, they are armed. They you know, said they were going to Maine for uh, what training. Um, you know, I tend to think that uh, it, it, when this when the Southern Poverty Law Center kind of, uh, uh, you know, suggests that you're kind of a domestic sovereign group that, that could be harmful. Um, not that they get everything right, but they certainly they have a point. Right. You, you get on those lists for a reason. Um, and so going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out because, you know, a lot of people think, OK, well, people were arrested and uh, it's all over. I mean, even in the event that charges go all the, the whole way, it's not like this ends with, you know, 10 years of prison. Right. And so this group is going to continue. And in fact, I thought Amanda did a really good had a really good story either yesterday or, or uh, uh, Monday, you know. They've, they're kind of emboldened now because suddenly they, they, they have all kinds of new attention because they were, you know, streaming this over the weekend and doing and doing all that. So that they suddenly have a lot more spotlight on them, which, you know, I hate to say it could could often result in more people joining. Yes, I've met Jamal. Um, he is he, impossible to talk to just because everything is these court cases. And it's to me, it's just like not living in reality. I you know, the, but after five minutes, I was like, wait, are you an attorney? Like, where does this come from? All of this. Uh, and I went by the headquarters on Saturday, but which, I mean, they, they don't even own that building in Pawtucket. They were just like squatting there. I, I think they're <laughs> bizarre. And the footage of them in Pawtucket with the full fatigues of the tactical gear and the, the weapons. Um, I, I also go back to, I thought on Saturday, what a backdrop. I mean, at the safety complex, you have the defund the police. Saturday morning, uh, that trooper, talk about having calmness, presence of mind. You stumble upon 11 guys, long guns, tactical gear, 1.30 in the morning, you're alone. 
that 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 could have gone sideways like in two seconds if that trooper didn't have his act together. Remarkable work by yeah. that trooper. And you know, it's funny. I wanted to write something about this. Actually, I wanted to write about it in in the context of the Sales Street thing in Providence, but it applies here too. You know, look the the effort to kind of reform law enforcement and have these conversations there's oftentimes where that, those conversations are completely justified right L- look at the situation with the Pawtucket police officer there are legitimate conversations to be had about reforming you know police procedure and policy and all that the problem is, is that we we the, the scales have tipped many ways where we automatically assume all law enforcement are bad and are you know actually actively seeking to harm people. And this is another great example of a guy doing his job really well. Um, that that you you couldn't do you know what else could he? You couldn't have done anything better in terms of being able to calm the, these tensions down and um, and you know make it so that no one was actually harmed here. Now it was inconvenienced and it was certainly very dangerous, but um, but yeah, I, I thought they did a, a this guy did a fantastic job, and and overall the law enforcement there did a really good job in that case. Yeah, especially Dan McGowan. I mean, Governor, I mean, uh, Mayor Laws with the get the guns off the streets. These guys have long guns. Right. They have shotguns. They have no gun licenses. They don't have a driver's license. So, I, I mean, I just thought it was only fitting. They're talking about, you know, the, the cops were out of line with some of the language of the pepper spray. You have 11 guys traveling from Rhode Island that are fully armed. And, I mean, they're strapped and they got the tactical gear. Like, it, it totally did not fit. Now, you had also had a great line. Apparently, Connecticut has once again beaten us to the punch. First was poker, now with pot. Yeah, two, two relatively big issues revenue-wise, um, also yeah. obviously for fun purposes and think entertainment, but both they, they, they legalized marijuana, so they jumped ahead of us. By the way, Rhode Island was kind of talking about doing it um, before Connecticut really got serious. Connecticut still got managed to kind of start late, get serious, and then move ahead of us. And so Connecticut already – uh, Connecticut's law is in place. Now, they don't have retail shops set up yet. That's going to be sometime late next year. You know, it takes a lot to, to figure all that part out. But already right now, you and I, if we had, you know, an ounce and a half or less of, of marijuana could be anywhere in Connecticut. And we would not be in any way charged or cited or anything like that. Um, and, and then, you know, and so that's a big issue. It's going to come up in Rhode Island, uh, I think, in the fall. But it, you know, there, there isn't a huge appetite both, I think, on the House side, and I think Governor McKee is kind of looking at this and saying, you know, it's a it's a kind of a hot potato issue. It, it's not like Rhode Island right now in this moment needs the, the revenue. Maybe it's one you could punt a little longer. Uh, I think there, I, I don't know that there's as much of an appetite in the House or in the governor's office as there was in the Senate, which did move. Uh, it did pass the, the marijuana bill. And then similarly, this is a little more in the weeds, but. Uh, Connecticut being the seventh state this uh, just last month to legalize online poker. Uh, and you remember, what, 10, 15 years ago, you couldn't turn on ESPN without seeing you know, right. a, a big poker tournament and, and all kinds of poker ads, the poker stars and the full tilt poker, all that stuff. That's a lot of money if you can tax it and, uh, and, and make it happen. And in Rhode Island, while Rhode Island was ahead of the game on sports betting, Rhode Island still hasn't even really taken seriously, you know, legalizing online poker or the online casinos where you could, uh, I don't know why anybody would, but you could, you know, play blackjack in, in your house or something like that. Um, it, it, it's interesting because it just means Connecticut, th- that those are opportunities for revenue that come away from Rhode Island. Um, and Rhode Island did such a good job in many ways when it came to sports betting. Um, really, you know, even still, New Hampshire is the only one in in uh, in, Rhode, or in in New England that kind of has it up and running the same way as Rhode Island. Um, but I think Rhode Island's fallen a little bit behind here. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, is it next set legislative session? Or are we going to wait until after the elections where? You know, suddenly all this federal money is going to disappear and Rhode Island's going to be looking for new revenue and they're going to have to kind of get they're going to get off to a late start when it comes to these issues that are very clearly revenue producers. Dave McCowan, I just also want to touch again on and again, folks, it's in today's Boston Globe, the uh, interview that Amanda Milkovitz did with Brother Gary of Black Lives Matter, because because to me, the best part about that is it gives insight to his 
thought. Now, I, I talk to him all the time. We talk at least once a week off here. And he will say to me, J.D., the Klan's very big in Rhode Island. And I say, Brother Gary, there's no Klan in Rhode Island. No, it's very big in Rhode Island. He'll say, you know, the neo-Nazis are getting it. I'll say there are no neo-Nazis in Rhode Island. Once in a while, you see some idiot put a sticker or something. But in his mind, he it's like a cartoon. Like the Proud Boys have their headquarters down the street. Across from them are the Klan headquarters. I, they, it's not reality. Rhode Island doesn't have that. But it's insight into him that he thinks all these groups are existing. So it only makes sense that you then have a like an armed militia to try to like battle against them. Which is a, you know, and brother Gary, I think when he, when he's on your show and talking to him, I mean, obviously like he's a smart guy and he's an, he's a reasonable guy. I think generally speaking uh, on these things that you're right, you're almost seeing things that aren't there and you're right. It then, (laughs) it then justifies, you know, or allows you to justify why, you know, a group like the Moors needs to pop up. Uh, and, And right. This is the, uh, kind of symbolic. Oh, by the way, in other parts of the country, the exact opposite argument happens, which is, well, the you know the crazy liberals are doing this, so we need yes. to arm. Uh, right? It's just it's just that conversation uh, playing out here with just different players involved. And you're right. I mean, it, it, there is no evidence. There's zero evidence. No. that that this kind of thing is is actually happening. And you're right. Are there one-off cases? Are there racists in Rhode Island? Of course there yes. are, right? That doesn't mean the Klan is, is you know, gearing up, uh, uh, you know, in, on Mount Pleasant Avenue in Providence. No, he thinks that, like, in the southern part of the state. And then, like, last summer when you had that dentist in Barrington, he immediately called me and said, GD, see, that guy's Klan. <laughs> that Klan, he's an old nut racist dentist is what that guy is or whatever he does. <laughs> Folks, you hear us mention uh, Roadmap. And uh, Dan McGowan, if you don't mind, folks, I start each day. It's so much information. It, what I like, it also has direct links to the stories, shows you just how much. And uh, and it's so much uh, information, stuff that you, they tell you things that you don't know. Uh, Dan, if you could offer to people listening. And John, now up to 65,000 subscribers in Rhode Island. Wow. Uh, so you should join too. Uh, and here's how you do it. Uh, just send me a blank email. This is completely free. We just want your email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. And what you get is exactly what John just described. You get some analysis. You get a little bit of reporting from, from me at the top. You get links to all the stories that both are appearing in the Rhode Island section of the globe, but also nationally. You know, we've got really good political reporters covering Washington. You get those stories. And then you get a rundown of here's what's happening. You know, governor's press conference is today or uh, a bill is being signed or, you know, sometimes just here's a fun event that's happening. It's quick, five minutes to read. So rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Before I let you go last week, six people called me and said, can you send me the link that story about Barbara and Fenton BA folks, Dan McGowan did a profile, Barbara and Fenton. The, is it? What, tell me the title again. Was it the face or the future face of the it, Republican Party? Yeah, possibly? It, she may be the future face of the Republican mm. Party. And I'll tell you, it's funny, John. I got a lot of uh, a lot of feedback. I got a lot of Republicans who disagreed and don't oh, like yeah. the idea. Of course, Big as time. as you know. At the same time, look, I think you and I are probably on the same page about this. This is somebody who who actually won a major race as a yes. Republican in Rhode Island. Yep. Um, she has, uh, I think she has veered to the, to the middle or potentially even to the left, you know, in her first year in the legislature, but she is an up and comer. And the, one of the most important reasons for why she's an up and comer is she wants to be an up and comer, right? That's right. She's an elected official. She, she made it clear. Look, if, if the mayor Cranston doesn't run <clears throat> again, I'll run for mayor. So How about that? She's wow. already clear about she wants to do something else. Uh, and, and I think it's fair. I mean, look, when you can beat the former Speaker of the House, yep. um, you know, you, you're probably ahead of the pack when it comes to, you know, a lot of Republicans who, who want to take on Jack Reed and get beat 80-20. Yeah. No, BA's a player. I thought it was a great profile. Dan McGowan, great job. And uh, we'll talk to you again. All right. Talk soon, John. Thanks. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, 
third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. I can breathe clearly now. My mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air my lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of beautiful in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver someone not paying attention how about the people texting and driving if you ever damage your vehicle call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 3340 several reasons one they'll handle everything for you two they're going to work for you not the insurance company and three they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom west fountain auto body call them 401-272-3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle west fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401 272-3340 and remember if you're having an accident first thing you want to do call the police fill out a police report if the tow truck shows up tell them let's get this vehicle over to west fountain 401-272-3340 summer's here you want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family pop in and see marie at it's my health 1099 mendon road in cumberland you can call her at 401 305-3585 it's my health right in that old white church diagonally across from davenport restaurant it's my health where you're going to find vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like icee honey maple syrup Octave Skin Brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skincare products, hair hair care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401 305 3585 shop local and stay healthy with it's my health right across the street from davenport restaurant 